0: Welcome to the Hunter's Hub Hunt More podcast. This podcast is built to get you hunting more. We talk with the greatest hunters around the world, known and unknown. We tell stories, give tips, share pins, and talk all things hunting. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the second episode of the Hunter's Hub Hunt More podcast. Today, we have Dalton Bannister on here. With safari specialist how's it going dalton good man how's it going uh, pretty good you just wrapped up a hunt this morning yes sir we just got done doing
1: four days of access hunting so taking a little break this afternoon and getting back with it
0: tomorrow awesome awesome um so for all you guys that don't know dalton is our only trusted outfitter in texas with safari specialist and they have a ton of ground and a ton of different species available and we went down last year and hunted axes with them, and it was a blast. We, we didn't drive around, we didn't do any of that stuff. We literally walked out from camp and spotted and stalked, running axes the whole time. It was super fun and was a lot different than just driving around in a truck, and it was really enjoyable. Um, Dalton, can you guys give uh, the listeners a little bit of a background on how you got started hunting? Um, how old were you? Kind of how'd you get into the deal? Yeah, man, uh, absolutely. So I was probably about seven years old
1: when I shot my first white-tailed deer. It's a doe out in the middle of West Texas, uh, actually near Albany, Texas. And so my dad was a hunting guide for the last probably 30 years. Um, So grew up in the business and grew up around it and just came up with, that's kind of what I wanted to do my whole life. Um, Tried to do some other things and just always came back to hunting.
0: And when did you uh, start uh, Safari Specialist?
1: So we started Safari Specialist in really we kind of came together in 2018, um, late 2018. Me and Colton Moore met actually out in the Glass Mountains in West Texas. We were on another hunt, um, not knowing each other, obviously, Um, hunting Audad and elk in the Glass Mountains and met up there and kind of talked around and ended up leaving the outfit that we were both working for and called each other up and had an idea of what we wanted to do after working for other outfits and outfitters and everything else and um, just kind of wanted to go a different way and had an idea of the way we thought things should be done and nobody was really doing it that way. Um, Just trying to change the perception really of how Texas hunting is perceived.
0: Right on, right on. And that's kind of, you know, what we did last year. We didn't drive around the truck. I mean, the first afternoon we did just to look at the property, we didn't even hunt. We shot some pigs cause they were, you know, tearing things up, but that's about it. We didn't, you know, even try to hunt an axis, even if we saw a big one, you know, we just, you cruised around the place, showed me it. And then we, uh, the next day we just started spotting the and stalking straight from the lodge instead of driving around, we actually got out and walked. And like, it's a little bit different because you know Texas, their elevation isn't that high, but man, it was freaking hot when I was down there, and I felt like I was dying just walking around. So it was actually actually a really fun time instead of just you know kick back, relax, hunt. It was more of a an actual hunt type of deal the way I looked at it. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's and that's what we wanted to get
1: back towards the problem with. I want to say I guess the perception of Texas hunting is kind of just it's not really hunting. It's guys driving around drinking b- beer whatever or sitting in a deer blind over a bait feeder and there's really good hunting to be had here. And we wanted to just kind of change that mindset versus going with the stereotype. And me and Colton both, we love an actual hunt. Um we don't want to go we don't want to go ride around in a small high fence or whatever it could be um So, yeah, no, it's just, that's kind of what we wanted to do. And so that's what we went with and wanted to offer a really good experience to our clients where it's, you're going to shoot probably better quality animals for the most part with us than you would anywhere else. Um, Just as a whole, we really wanted to focus on the quality of uh, animals and just the quality of hunting and not so much as a just go shoot them up and get out type
0: uh, outfit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys last year, how many of those axes were like would have been in the top 10 if you guys actually registered and put them in SCI?
1: We shot, I think, six axes bucks last year that would have gone in the top 10 of SCI. If you guys, um, if like the clients actually wanted to put them in there. Yes. Uh, I mean, we, we don't really, I mean, I'm not too big on the uh, score, bu- score book as far as that goes. It's just. I mean, it's more about the hunt and the chase,
0: and yeah, it would, yeah, that would be like but they, the but they were, at the end of the day. But yeah, if somebody wanted
1: to, we definitely could. Yeah,
0: 100%. And you were just telling me a minute ago when we talked on the phone before this, uh, a new place at Colton's on. Can you kind of describe that place a little bit? Yeah, so we got
1: it's a little over 10,000 acres down in Bartsdale. Um, it's a big hilly property with the Natchez River running through it. And it's got free-range access and free-range audit on it. Um, it's a beautiful place. It's tough hunting and a lot of pack in and pack out type hunting down there. Um, and Colton's down there hunting right now and doing a spot and stalk axis
0: hunt down there with a bow. So um, it's awesome property perfect um so with all this stuff like you know all the different species you guys like can you break it down and kind of let everyone know what species you guys can offer to people i mean pretty much i know you can do anything but kind of like let people know what that is yeah no people so, that I don't mean, know much about texas honey obviously like axis and
1: all that's kind of our butter along with black buck and fallow um, it goes all the way i mean there's sable there's scimitar horned oryx there's some kudu. Our whole thing is though, we're focused on hunting, hunt of uh, uh, sustained populations of animals, not going out there and sh- looking for one animal. We want to go hunt something in a big herd on big property. And it's allowed us to do some different stuff by doing that and having an actual hunting experience. Yep.
0: That's awesome. And what was uh, you were talking about last time out down there? There was uh, on the river you can hunt those Audad and the ibex. Um, what's that river called again? Um, down on the Guadalupe. Yeah, that that yeah. would yeah. be a fun one. That
1: yeah, because we no, if, it's a great. We line, drove, uh, here, We see. hunt them hunt along the Guadalupe a lot, for, especially for Audad. I um, mean, occasionally you'll see some Nubian ibex. A lot of kind of hybrid ibex that have crossed up that have gotten out of other ranches throughout the years.
0: Um, it's an awesome hunt cool can you explain a little to people how i mean because people are like well how do these animals become for range like when i was down there especially on that one place where um, we went up towards uh wow that i'm drawing a blank the real humid area what was that up towards that town we were at up there? oh up towards columbus yeah up towards columbus when we drove around that property and you could tell how animals would get out of other places just because of, like, floods and all sorts of stuff. Can you kind of just give people some information on how these species like kudu and ibex and all these random species become free range in Texas?
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. So a lot of this stuff, a lot of it came out during the flood. And then, like, for Axis and Audad, for example, the YO at one point turned loose, tried to, or they got animals out of a zoo originally back in the 50s. And they didn't know how to keep them in a fence or anything else. And so they had a six foot fence and they turned some Audad off of a trailer. And they sit there and watch the Audad all, I think it was 70 something head of Audad just jump a fence. All of them just go over that six foot fence like it was nothing. And so that's kind of how the Audad and Axis and everything got started, as well as like the kudu and stuff. uh, Just over time, people experimenting,
0: either not having their proper fencing or floods washing them out yeah and like even in south africa because i know like a kudu a big kudu bull he'll drop he'll jump a, a high fence up that was not properly built he'll jump that with ease just because Oh, absolutely you know. so that's why even like in south africa and stuff a big kudu bull can jump from one place to another and yeah he got turned out onto a high fence place when he was little or something but he could be 100 percent free range in the next you know two years because he is you know traveling you can't really contain a lot of that stuff is what I've learned and you know with the pigs you guys have a problem with pigs they mess up the fence big time and the smaller critters can just crawl right through it. No
1: absolutely the pigs just tear in the fences um, tear underneath them and everything else but uh, those kudu I mean I've sat there and watched kudu jump a high fence as well as elon bulls I mean that's a big animal going over a high fence Um, and um, so there's elon out running around everything else
0: yeah so let's uh let's find out what is your species that you look forward to hunting the most each and every year oh undoubtedly
1: axis and all dead um just from a standpoint of just the hunting aspect of it and so axis is pretty much spring summer Uh, we don't do a whole lot of the spring all dead hunts like hunting them during the rut more so than a lot of other places or people Um, but the access is just great during the spring, kind of get that pre rut where all those butts, bucks are all gathered up and velvet. And then when the rut hits, man, it's awesome. You'll have some herds of up to a hundred does and a couple of bucks down there, just roaring their head off and pushing those does and working those does back and forth. And you can get in close and listen for that roar and find those bucks. It's just, it's one of my favorite hunts there is to do. And with all that, of course, just packing up into the hills and mountains and getting after them there's just no better hunt than those two i think and you offer some tended audit hunts don't you have that kind of set up too correct no we uh we'll do a full pack in camp as well as we'll do wall tent camps for all dead and elk as well um it's just some of our properties either we don't have a lodge or housing on them or it takes us so long to get up top sometimes. Um, once we're there, we want to be there for the remainder of the hunt. And there's not a, there's a couple of properties we have that there's not a whole lot of roads on that get up to the top. So, yeah, you got to pack in and set up camp.
0: Awesome. That'd be a fun one to do. Um, so, when it comes to, like, your favorite time of the year to hunt, you, you know, you're talking about hunting access in the, you know, spring and summer and then at and the rut. Weather-wise, weather for someone that's not used to coming down to Texas, you know, because of the humidity, heat, when is the best time you think it is for someone to come down there and experience a good hunt to, for either access or Audat or anything you offer and be able to enjoy, like, the weather? It's not going to be humid. It's not going to be, you know, because I know West Texas gets cold even, you know what I mean? I want to find, what's the happy medium for someone that's never been to Texas?
1: Man, hell, oh. Summertime definitely not. It's hot. There's chiggers. Yeah, I found that well out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. Explain to everyone what a chigger is that does not know what a chigger is. A
1: chigger is
0: a tiny little microscopic bug
1: that basically burrows into your skin and it just reeks hell on you basically. I mean, it <laughs> Yeah. Uh I can't even begin to explain them. They're miserable little bugs when you get them. Um uh, I think you spent like thirty dollars on just chigger ointment in one stop last year. Yeah, after no, you got into them.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, that was bad at it. No, they're those weeks, and they like fester. They get nasty too at the very end. They like pussy and like like stuff comes out. At least mine got that way. It wasn't like a welt or anything, but it was just like this clear stuff that kept coming out after I scratched them. It was miserable. So I think you, yeah, no, they're they're not fun at all.
1: You kind of learn to live with them down here after a little while. Yeah, I'd imagine. I, up here where I live, <laughs> I do not want them. So, um, but back to the question, man, it's hard to say. Um, I personally like, especially since hunting on dad, October's nice. Um, I, for our weather, October, November, and it can still be hot. That's the thing here. Our weather's so temperamental. It's just one day in October, it could still be 90 degrees. Then the next day you might wake up and it's 30-something degrees outside. Um, but October's kind of the sweet spot for weather, I would say, October, November. And by then, the
0: axes have mostly shed by then, right, too, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, we ended up
1: shooting probably the coolest axes deer I've ever had my hands on last year in November, though. So you never know. There's yeah. always some deer around, um, depending on – when those does came into rut and or into heat and got covered by those bucks. Um, but like last year, that deer, November, I mean, we had no clue that deer was there. We were out hunting access. We ended up shooting a really big deer the de- the day before and we're out just spotting, stalking for another one and came across that deer. But yeah, no, that's, I think that's probably the, my favorite time to hunt.
0: Cool. Um, so if someone comes down there and does an odd ad hunt with you, Can you kind of, I mean, like we just talked about, you have different properties where you do different things, but kind of give people, Hey, you know, physically fit people to even people that, you know, might not think they're physically fit. It's still doable type of deal. Like it's not just a a mountain hunters type of hunt. It's still doable for everyone, but it still is a mountain hunt.
1: No, absolutely. So with us having property in the hill country of Texas, then out in the Trans-Pecos region as well, it kind of helps us tailor each hunt to the individual um let's say you do have a really fit person we're probably going to go to mountains of far west texas and hunt sheep down there out there far and if you're not quite as physically capable we can do one in the hill country we have a big property in the hill country along the guadalupe river where we've shot just some awesome sheep and we'll, we'll do tent camps there but there's also a nice house there so it's a very flexible property it's um but yeah no far as that goes we kind of tailor each hunt to the individual that's coming
0: and then when it comes to like you know distance of shooting what is your you know if someone's going to come down there and do an odd hunt what how far of a shot are you going to expect them you know not expect them to but inform them say expect to have this type of a shot i would probably say 200 yards and out on all
1: that hunts um just depend that's another one of those things it depends on where we're at so in the hill country i would say 200 to 400 yards and then going further west i mean you can you've been there you can stretch it yeah out to a thousand yards easy um
0: but comfortably i'd tell people two to five hundred yeah cool um is there any other things you'd like people to kind of know if they're you know interested in doing an odd ad hunt what kind of other things should they kind of be prepared for or even think about when they want to try to plan an a odd at hunt with you or something uh
1: just be comfortable with your gun and know your gun and everything else and just have good optics that's the main thing because you don't spend a lot of time behind glass i can't stress that enough just great good optics for even low light optics um that's kind of the thing i stress more than anything is to have good optics and good footwear especially if we're going to go into the mountain hunt. We had a guy last year that his sole actually came off his boot during the hunt. Oh, wow. And so we had to make a plan B and rig something up real quick. (laughs) There was, there was a lot of gorilla tape and glue involved. (laughs) It probably didn't look like a boot after that. No, it did not. (laughs) That's awesome. Luckily we weren't trying to be too stealthy at the time. We were able to shoot
0: long distance. He was getting rocks caught in that glue and everything. Oh boy, that was probably a wreck. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, we'll kind of to touch on a few other things. So, like in you know your hill country stuff, you offer like axis, fallader, black buck, pretty much all the species available in Texas. Um, you even have a place where you can go do the markhor and stuff like that. Um. When someone wants to come down, we're actually going to come down with a father and son that want our youth hunt with you. And we're going to do, he's going to do an axis deer and a black buck. And I think they're wanting to do some upgrading and do some other things. What is, what is a good hunt for like a father and son or a a family to come down and do with you?
1: Man, I like to tell people, come down and do axis. Axis is just such a fun hunt. It's a good hunt and it can still be laid back enough depending on the property and where we're hunting at um that you can really enjoy family time as well one of the things that's nice is we have property right along the river too so during the heat of the day because the days get long i mean you're up at 5 30 and starting to hunt at 6 30 ish and then goes to 9 30 and that midday there's just not a whole lot moving and so you can go take a dip in the river or just spend time with the family around the camp
0: awesome and then so like for people like on a normal year, not this year, obviously, but like you can hunt. So spring break that happens in April type of deal, they could. That's a good time to come down and do an access deer hunt with you, right? Absolutely. Uh, and now are they all still in velvet? Or are they all starting to come out? When's that kind of trend? You have a
1: good. You have a good mixture. Uh, we
0: have a lot in velvet right now, and then
1: a lot starting to rub out. So that's kind of a good mixture right now. Um, just
0: kind of getting ready for the rut in the next couple of weeks cool and then so if someone comes down like on a spring break type deal what all would you like if they wanted to do something more than just an access? what all could you um accommodate and add on type of deal of course a lot of the african species are available at that time
1: um black buck fallows already shed their horns for the most part there's still occasionally a couple running around but 95 percent on the shed i would say black bucks a good add-on during that time then okay. scimitar horned oryx and some of those kind of species.
0: And um, so when I came down there, we—you actually are a pretty good cook. You know, most guides, when you think of a guide, you don't think of him being the cook. You were actually a really good cook, and we had some awesome food while we were down there. And we ate everything that we that you guys had hunted throughout the year. It wasn't like you just went to the store and bought steaks. We had, we had access, We had black. What else did we have? We had a bunch of different species. Like we, we had, had some. Uh, Sandbar. We had a little bit of
1: everything, I think, that trip.
0: Yeah, we had all sorts of different stuff because Woodberries, that down there, they make all sorts of different cuts. And I don't even know how you explain it. They have cuts and all sorts of add ons that you can do. Those little jalapeno things that we had wrapped in bacon. Like it was all good stuff and so you're not going to lose weight when you come down to visit you guys you're going to probably go home and need to go on a diet or go to the gym <laughs> a little more <laughs> no yeah no we eat good um typically it it's a smaller
1: group we'll do the cooking ourselves and then kind of bigger groups will hire some chefs um, that way everything's have... either venison that we've harvested with hunters or that we've harvested ourselves and then as well as So, like, even we've gone as far now as, like, our pork, like, for bacon and everything, and we'll do pork chops. We're going to local farms and sourcing local produce and meat for, like I said, the pork and everything else for our camps instead of going to the store. And so it just gives it a little bit more of a different feel um, and kind of, I guess, a little, I don't even want to say fancier, but a little nicer touch, a little kind of farm-to-table touch, I guess. Yeah, it's more of a local of keeping it yeah.
0: Texas style. And one thing when you go down, you gotta go to a Whataburger and a Bucky's. Like that is a guaranteed. Yeah, you gotta go to
1: Whataburger and Bucky's and get <laughs> you some beaver nuggets at Bucky's, you'll
0: gain five hundred pounds in one bag, but it's worth it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'd never been to either one of those till I went down there and did some road tripping and then I had to go back down to some uh, Texas trophy and extravaganzas and we had to have Whataburger because it was just like, Yep, we gotta go there, you know.
1: <laughs> it's a Texas thing. Well, I guess. Now it's a Chicago thing, too, since I got bought out.
0: Oh, well, it's still a Texas thing. Everyone, you yeah. got to go to this place when you go to Texas. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, when someone wants, like, if someone books a home with you and they're coming down, um, what is the options, like, if they do want to drive down, like, they can, so they can bring things back? To kind of describe that kind of deal, what? Um, as far as meat, if they want to do Woodberries and get it processed, or if they want to, you know, just bring it back, kind of give some options there. Cause I talked to you about it, about the turnaround time and such of our trip that we're going to come down on. Can you kind of describe that for the listeners? So absolutely. Uh, so
1: like Woodberries, usually meat processing processing will take one to about two weeks, just depending on time. And they do ship as well. Uh, I highly recommend Woodberries. Probably some of the best just sausage and meat cuts you can get and they do taxidermy as well of course um but yeah no it's a pretty fairly short turnaround process but they ship and you can also let's say you want to take some home meat some meat home from your hunt just then i mean we can cut it up as well and send it back in coolers or you can go to woodbury's and say, hey just switch me out some of my meat for something that you've already had in the cooler they keep shop meat around as well to sell for stock. Yeah. Just for stock. And like, if you wanted to say, Hey, don't, I don't know what I really want yet. You can go up there or even a lot of times we have so much on hand, we can send you back with several different things that they do. And so you can kind of try it and get an idea of what you might want before you have your dairy cut up. Let's say like there's a flavor they do. That's raspberry chipotle, which either people absolutely go nuts over or it's just like, eh, I don't really like it. So no, there's no real in between with it, and so I always tell people, "Hey, try this before you get 30 pounds of it made into sausage." Um, and so that's really nice to be able to do.
0: Yeah, now that, I mean, like I said earlier, we pretty much had every cut imaginable through the whole trip that I was there. And when I got, I went, we went to Woodberries. I had them send everything back. I freaking was like, "Yes, this is it." And I'm I'm running low, so we got to come back down and whack a few more axes and some other critters because. That stuff is amazing. It's like I'm not a big spicy food guy, but some of that stuff is really good with a little kick to it. It adds a whole different type of flavor to it. No, absolutely. Uh, their jalapeno cheese sausage just
1: stand alone the best, I think.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's hard. Really it's like hard it. to beat. And there's that's like summer sausage, like salami stuff that you just you know you get to put in your cooler and take to work, or you know, put in your backpack on a day hike. That stuff's amazing that they have too. Absolutely great like dry ring um just kind of the old german style dry ring they do
1: is great for that we pack a lot of dry sausage around with us
0: and then so back to the like the youth type of deal um texas does you know like kind of explain to people how old you have to be like what what's the requirements for texas Cause a lot of states you know like utah wyoming some of these western states you got to be 12 14 years old to to actually go hunting and if so you know when i was little i did not want to have to wait till i was 12 or 14 so i was trying to find new ways to you know jump the curve and go somewhere and experience things and texas is a really good state because they allow a really good youth type program right now so basically
1: as long as you're with a uh, hunter safety education course hunter adult hunter pretty much any age can
0: hunt um There's no real restriction on it. So like a father, son, like, you know, it depends on, because obviously if you're a certain age, you're above the criteria for having a hunter safety, but a father, son can come down if the dad has a hunter safety car, or if he's above the eligibility, they can just come down. The kid can, whether he's seven, eight, nine years old, can at least come down and experience it and decide, well, yeah, I want to go hunting more. This is not for me. Correct. I
1: think, Like, the actual age of, like, obtaining a license and everything is nine, I I believe. So, it's young. Um, Yeah. And so,
0: yeah, no, father and son can definitely come down and hunt and enjoy a good time like that. And, like, what we talked about earlier, I think your place is really good because it's not – you're not riding around in a pen – you're not saying, okay, well, here's a picture of these two axes. Which one do you want to shoot? You know what I mean? You don't show people pictures saying, okay, you can pick which one. We're going to go shoot it. It's an actual hunt. And the kid can, you know, uh, it doesn't even have to be a kid. It could be a first time hunter. It can go and experience what hunting is actually like instead of just, you know, okay, you're shooting this, but it's a little bit different than hunting like some of the stuff in the West where you have to either apply for a tag and wait five years. And if you're a first time hunter and you have to wait five years you're going to have a little bit of like uh, anticipation. You're going to be, you're going to hold the hunt a little higher above your head. And when things aren't going right, the weather is kicking your butt. You're, you know, dealing with public land hunters and things aren't going right. You might not decide you want to hunt anymore. And that's the same with youth. Cause I know a lot of people, the stress gets to them and they don't want to, be stressed i think texas is a really good place to come down it's relaxed but yet it's still a hunt it's not a pen shoot yeah no absolutely it's
1: a little more relaxed than doing those western states um like i said far as just you can get in there's no doubt about getting in and drawing your tag so because there is no draw obviously on the exotic side of thing um but yeah it's way more relaxed in that aspect of things you don't have to really worry about other hunters on the property and that's something else that we wanted to do is when you're in camp you're in camp just you you have that ranch to yourself you have that property to yourself or whatever yeah that property or if you're based off this property and you're driving five minutes to another property you're still you have that whole thing to yourself you're not going to see somebody else and it makes it nice it makes it to where You're not having to worry about tripping over other people or somebody else scaring off your game.
0: Yeah, it's a a tailored hunt to the decline. It's not, all right, we're going to bring 20 people in. We can have five people at this ranch, five people at that one, and be maxed out. But we're just going to cram everyone in there because we want... You know, you're not being greedy and wanting to overrun everything. You're wanting everyone to have a good experience and come down to experience what Safari Specialist does. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: And that was one of our big things is just making sure everybody has a good hunt. It's not, at the end of the day, yes, we that's our living. But we wanted to show people that there is real good hunting in Texas. It's not the perceived 50 people in camp go boozing around and shooting stuff. Um, That's the worst image I think there is of Texas hunting. And there's some of it that goes on, unfortunately, but that's not what we're about. And I mean, we've had people approach us wanting to do that kind of stuff. And we just say, Hey, that's not what we do. Um, Our properties are not set up for that. We're an actual hunting group or hunting company. So it's just better if you don't even come try to experience that with us because that's not what we're gonna we're gonna do
0: yeah 100 and that's that's how i took it when we first talked because literally last year me and you had no idea who each other were like we didn't talk like we beforehand we never met and then you reached out and was like hey man i want to you know we want to get we want to be a part of hunter's hub and then i was like oh cool this is awesome you guys sound like a great deal but a lot of times when you hear people talk it's kind of like i talked about with jordan Hassler on our first podcast it's Someone could have a great website and you could have a great guy that just pitches you a, a pitch over the phone. But when you get down to the place, it could be totally ass backwards from what you were promised. When I got down there, it was totally what you said it was. And it was a great time. That's why you guys are a trusted outfitter because it wasn't. I'm going to feed you this line here, but when you get here, you're going to be kicked under the bus because there's going to be five other people here running you through and we're going to push you through as fast as possible. You came down for five days, but you got to be gone in two. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it was, it was legit. And there's other hunting
1: outfits and ranches that you're literally on a time schedule. Hey, you get here noon and we start hunting and you got to check out by, 12 o'clock the next day, or two days later, like, or else we're on charge you more for being here. And that's just, that's not what we're about. And I mean, that's not hunting. That's not, that's not what we all grew up enjoying. And that's yeah. what, like I said, that's kind of what we wanted to get back to is just the basis of it's hunting. It's fun. You go out there, you hunt. You're not worried about being here at a certain time because there's a cook in the kitchen that's setting the schedule or that somebody else is coming in behind you to hunt that property that day, or somebody else is on that property and wanting that area. Um, And so, yeah, no, just, that's basically what it kind of came down to is wanting to get it back to what we, what we all grew up doing and loving just on a little bit higher in scale.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, I, like I said, you guys have touched that really well. And I, I think that's, what's awesome about you guys. Um, before we start to, I got something at the end I want to do with you, but before that, what is there, um, is there anything you want people to know about you guys that we haven't touched on yet? Kind of anything particular, man, not really just
1: that when you see Texas hunting, don't perceive it as what everybody else is cast onto it. Uh, there are some other good outfitters out there other than us that are doing it the right way, that as, or well, or as well as we are um, doing the same thing we are, basically. But, yeah, just uh, keep an open mind towards Texas hunting for most people. It's not as bad as what is
0: out there perceived and what a lot of people put out there. Yep, I agree 100%. So yesterday when I talked to Jordan, I didn't do this, but I just, I was like, I need to do this with everyone. What we're going to start doing at the end of these is, is I want to ask you two questions. The first one, um, what is your most favorite hunt that you've ever gone on? Personally, guided, I, I lean more towards personally. What is like the, your favorite hunt that you've done yourself?
1: Ooh. That's a hard one. Um,
0: man, I, I still
1: love and... It's not like the most impressive horned animal there is in the world or anything. But probably my favorite thing to hunt in this whole world is probably bushbuck in Africa. I think that's just, I don't know why, but it's probably my favorite thing in the world. I don't have a real explanation as to why. It's just something about sitting there watching for those animals in that tight, tight, densely wooded areas um, that I just, I don't know why. I eat it up. I can't get enough of it. And then, yeah. no, and then God, I mean, that would be. It's gonna be some Access or all dead high. I can't really think of one stands out in general, um, but yeah, no, it's definitely those two for far as professional.
0: Now, do you have any like a particular uh, bush book hunt you can kind of give like a recap on, like how it happened, like when type of deal? Oh. You got something like that that we could pitch out to these guys?
1: Man, honestly, probably my favorite one was was actually hunting with Mackenzie, my fiance. And it was actually her hunt. And we probably sat on the side of this. Actually, it was the first day we got into Africa. And we got in in the morning. And we're sitting on the side of this hill. And so we're jet lagged. And so we actually end up falling asleep on the side of this hill. Just me and her. I mean, crash out, laying on rocks and everything else. for Probably about two hours. And I fell asleep with my binoculars actually in my hand. And end up waking up and kind of start glassing find the bush buck and he kind of trails back off into the thick stuff and sit there for a little bit longer and ends up coming back out. And we end up getting a shot probably about, it was probably about 15, 20 minutes after our little nap that we had. And I don't know that, that hunt just stands out. Just, it was her first time to get to experience Africa. And like I said, getting to hunt what was her, what was my favorite animal to hunt on that
0: first day. Um, and so it's just a great time that's awesome alright so the final question before we wrap this up is if you could do any hunt in the world what is your number one dream hunt
1: <sighs> mountain and probably in Ethiopia
0: that would probably that is be number hunt. one yeah. yeah I have personally done that one and that's up there like that is top tier like go do it with that That country over there is just yeah no. you know what i mean it's just i'd probably want to go it's just do a hunt with the russos and yeah that would be that'd be number one for sure yeah i you picked to go in there for sure to be able to go do that one is just you know top tier you're in a different country and you're it's a mountain hunt you know just like anything here in the west it's The mountains can be steep. You're glassing. It's like everything you like to do. It's like your Axis glassing hunt, odda glassing hunt, all tied into one. But it's an Africa spirehorn, just a big, pretty much a big bush buck, which is your favorite. Yeah, no, absolutely. It all all falls in line. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, Dalton, I appreciate you getting on here today. Um, We'll have you back on. We're going to be down there soon, hopefully once all this coronavirus stuff clears up. And we look forward to that. And again, man, we appreciate you being trusted outfitter of hunter's hub and thanks for hopping on the podcast
1: thanks for having me i enjoyed it yep you take these man
0: hey guys hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with Dalton bannister and safari specialist guys go give them a follow and check them out on instagram at safari underscore specialist make sure you like subscribe leave us a comment review on our podcast as well we really appreciate everything tell us who you want to hear from and what you want to hear about and stay tuned for more podcast